This Sunday night in Lincoln, something pretty rare is going to be happening. Pinnacle Bank Arena, the second largest indoor event venue in the state, is going to be hosting a group that we play on My Bridge Radio. The Always Only Jesus Tour will feature Mercy Me along with Micah Tyler and Taya. Well, this morning on My Bridge, really looking forward to connecting with one of the original members of the group that's been together for nearly 30 years. Mike Schwartzer, welcome back to The Morning Conversation. Hey, man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, excited. So you are on tour. With Ms. We are, you know, yeah. Part of Mercy Me. And you're coming yes. to Lincoln, Nebraska to the Pinnacle uh, Arena shortly here. You're bringing with you Micah Tyler and uh, Taya. So yes. uh, tell us a little bit about the show, I guess, just to start us off. Let's jump right in on, on that side. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know what's funny is touring has been back for a little bit, but like it, this tour actually feels normal again. And I don't mean because of like restrictions or any of that kind of stuff. It's like our muscle memory was all like gone from having to take 18 months off the road. And like, this is the first tour where like at the first show, I was like, oh, this, everything feels normal. So like, I'm able to just enjoy what we do again and like not be distracted and not be out of, out of my game or whatever. And so then I'm like out there watching Mike and Tyler without worrying about our set and I'm enjoying it. I'm watching Taya and just enjoying it. And so this has been the most fun I've had in a long time since we've come back from the whole pandemic thing. What's the experience like? So someone that is going to show up at the Pinnacle Arena, they're going to walk through those doors, and yeah. what are they going to experience throughout the, the evening? Mike is awesome. Like, uh, the fact that he's the, our opening slot is pretty amazing. He's got so many great radio songs. You have him every night is great. He's a good dude. It's so funny and just, just likable. And then Taya comes on, and, I mean, she's just a legend. Like, she's so good. Just such an amazing worship leader, and you know, break, breaking out from our Hillsong family a little bit and doing her own thing, just seeing her get to kind of spread her wings has been really cool and just an awesome moment every night. And then us, you know, us, whatever, it's just same old, same old, mercy me, doing our thing. And we're just having a blast. We're just, I mean, we're we're staring down the barrel of 30 years as a band. Uh, 24 will be 30 years. And we're just grateful to still be doing this. Grateful that anybody cares and, and still likes listening to our music and it's been a big season of gratitude for us, for sure. So, Mike, you guys have experienced a lot of life together. So what keeps you together? I think that what you just said, like just so many shared common experiences. Uh, not that other bands don't have that for us. And it's just been the thing that's drawn us closer together, whether it's joys or struggles that each of us have gone through. Like we're there with each other, we're for each other. And not that it's all rainbows and kittens all the time. Like we get after each other too. You know, it's, it's living life with a family basically. So there are days where we don't really so much want to be around each other. And I think we've gotten good at recognizing that and giving each other the space. Then we just want to hang out again. So absence makes the heart grow fonder, I guess. When we get away from each other, it's like, Oh, I like this guy. You don't want to go hang out. I've often kind of described it like the military, not that we're doing the work that they're doing. Obviously what they do is of grave importance. And what we do is make music, but guys who are in the army, like they relate to guys who are in the army and then guys who are, you know, in a battalion together or literally in a foxhole together. Like nobody ever shares that experience except for those two guys. And I think that's kind of a lot of band life. Like a lot of musicians can get along, but then like the guys that you've toured with and you're closer with, and then the guys that are your guys that are in your band, you know, nobody shares those experiences but you. And so it, it just draws us close. Mike, we were talking about uh, just the length of time that uh, Mercy Me's been together, almost 30 years, you original one of the members. And uh, yeah. so was there ever a time when 
you guys didn't know if it was going to continue where threw you guys into a question mark of like, is this going to keep going or not? Early on, like when we first started, we were still an independent band. I think every month was like, well, do we get to do this another month? Like we keep, we still, okay, here's where we keep going. Like we can pay the bills. Then down the road, you know, when you take your hobby and you make it your job, you can really wreck your hobby. And so there were probably seasons of like, ah, do I even enjoy this anymore? You know, I could find a job that keeps me home more and, and all these things and, and kind of wrestle with that a little bit over the years. Um, and I think we all have at different times. And then I would say probably about 10, 12 years ago, I think we were ready to hang it up. And we've always said, like, as long as we feel like God's still bearing fruit through what we do, then we'll keep doing it. I think that that 12 years ago, that, that time of like, should we be done with this? I don't know that we weren't seeing fruit. I just don't know that we were looking for it. I think we were just all really burned out. We had one more record in our contract to finish, and we, we wanted to honor our contract with our record label because we had a great relationship with them. We didn't want to abandon that. And uh, at the end of making that record, which is Welcome to the New, it was just like a, a really fresh, I think all of us staring down, maybe we should be done, and recognizing that God wasn't done, that he was still using us, and hearing stories from fans and, and, and all of the things that we've been able to experience. I think it kind of just reminded us that, that God's not done with us yet. And so we just, knowing that we wanted to complete our commitment with our record label, I think we just decided, well, let's tour this one out and let's do it the right way. Not just put out a record and then go away, but like we'll tour it and promote it like we normally would. But if we're going to tour it, let's not be gone 250 days this year. Like let's cut our shows in half and, and give back time to our families. And it was the healthiest thing we ever did. That was kind of like, a, oh, we can do both. Like we don't have to abandon our families to make music and we don't have to give up music for our families. Like there's a balance and we found that balance in a really good way. I mean, the last 12 years have been just struggles still for sure. Obviously the whole pandemic shutdown was a big one, but it's been life giving to, to be in this band. Still. Mike Mercy Me uh, released a new album in October called Always Only Jesus. Tell us first of all, just the overview of the album. We have a cabin that we turn into our, our headquarters and studio and place to write and create and all those things. And uh, we were working on the album Inhale, Exhale. And because we had so much time, it was like we'd work on a song for a while and we'd kind of get a little bored. We'd be like, oh, let's try to write something new. And by the end of it, we had like almost 40 songs that were like viable options. Not all of them were finished, but like it was like, oh man, we could finish this out. And, and we we're like, we could do a triple disc or we could do, you know, whatever. And just, just keep dropping songs. It's 2020. 2021 at that point it's like there's no rules anymore like just put out songs who cares we finally whittled it down to inhale exhale being the album that it was and then we had these other songs that all seemed to be more vertically written more worship oriented we felt weren't right for inhale exhale for some reason but we loved them like inhale exhale for us was like this moment of the entire globe's gone through this experience together because of social media we're all watching each other go through this shutdown and the fear and for us was an album we wanted to make of just like try to bring joy in. We want to write songs about Jesus, but we wanted to be a disco song that we sing with Gloria Gaynor, like that kind of thing. It would just like made us happy. And we thought, well, if it makes us happy, maybe it'll make somebody else happy. And so that was the whole Inhale, Exhale record. There were certainly some, some heavier moments on it, but generally we just wanted it to be fun. And so that's what that record was about. But then these other songs that were more worshipful were like, gosh, we love these songs. We don't want to get rid of them. Even like Ben Christ Payne, from Always Only Jesus, there was actually a snippet of it on Inhale, Exhale. 
And we put that on there intentionally saying like, we're not ready to finish this song, but we know if we put it on here as a teaser, it'll be the first single for the next record. Like it was pretty thought out because we didn't want to abandon these songs that we loved. And then we started going through those songs and finishing them. And it was like, I think this is a really good record. And like we kept working through the songs that became Always Only Jesus and ended up being as proud of this record as I am of anything we've ever done. Like we've been playing some of the songs live on this tour and just the instant connection that the audience seems to have with them already has been just humbling. And I think it's like a, a little mile marker for us of like, you're still in this for a little bit longer. Like God's still going to use it. And that's, I mean, again, after 30 years, we don't take it for granted. We don't expect that it would be the case that anybody will still care or that we have anything left to say. And God keeps giving it to us. Mike, on your latest album, Always Only Jesus, what's the song that you've gotten the most feedback on? Oh, man. I feel like the title cut, Always Only Jesus, has been one that, um, and even like, if you look at like Spotify streaming, like it hasn't been a single. We just played it live a few times. And yet the streams on that one are way higher than they would be for a non-single. And so it's like, we're seeing little like nerdy statistics and stuff. They're like, wow, that song is really trending well. And then we'll play it live and watching the crowd just belt it out. It's like, oh gosh, that's a, that's a huge response to a song that other than like people finding the record, like we haven't played it live. It hasn't been on radio, which is usually where our biggest impact happens. I think the heart behind Always Only Jesus is we wanted to write a, just a straight up worship song. When we, uh, our record label started, they were kind of making suggestions of like, maybe your next album could be like a worship album, like, you know, like a worship album. We're like, what have we been doing for the last 28 years? Like, yeah, we'll write a worship album. Like that's what we, we've always had moments of like a, a God with us or all of creation where we wrote songs that were intentionally for the church to sing. But because worship is so hot with Hillsong and Taya and Elevation and Phil Wickham and Brandon Lake and all these, you know, amazing artists who are writing songs for the church specifically. Um, they're like, you know, we think that you guys would do that well. And we're like, yeah, we kind of feel like we, we've always done that and not you know, whether it's connected to the church or not, we always tried to do that. But we're like, okay, sure. We'll, we'll make that album. And so always only Jesus was kind of like, Bart even said, it's like, he kind of challenged himself to like write the brave heart of worship songs. Like just, just one that you just want to belt out. And I mean, who knows? Like, there's so many incredible worship songs out there. Um, uh, hopefully, this is one that God uses. If not, we love it. And it's been great in our touring experience of like with our audience. Uh, if it goes bigger than just our audience, that's all the better. Like, we just, we've always wanted to write songs that outlast us that the church would use the same name of Jesus after we're long gone. Mike, as you think through all the different songs that are on your latest album, Always Only Jesus, yeah. is there one that's a sleeper? One that you go, man, don't miss this one. You you might miss it if you're not careful, but don't miss it because I think yeah. that's I think God's in this song. Yes, and honestly, we decided to put it in the set list on this tour because we all loved it. But we're like, I don't know if this is going to connect, but maybe it'll just be a moment for us. Maybe we pull it out of the set after the first weekend. But it's been awesome. It's a song called Heartbeats for Your Good. The whole song is just to me, it's kind of like a snapshot of the last couple of years with the lockdown and everything that's gone crazy with elections and whatever. I think we all can be like caught up in uh, what just feels like a hurricane sometimes of just so much information and so much distraction and, and anxieties that come up with all of that because we everything's coming out of so fast. All the things that we end up going through, if we get consumed by those things, they will overwhelm us and take us down. But if we remember the promises that God gives us that everything works together for the good of those who love him, 
like everything, the worst things. I've got a friend who is going through some horrible stuff in his family right now. And I just keep singing this chorus over him. Like, it's going to be worth it. Everything's working for your good. It was a total sleeper. Like, it's track seven on the record or something way deep in the record. But, like, we all loved it. And, like, literally the first night we played it on tour, the crowd was singing along already. And it's like, okay, this is definitely something bigger than we realize. And so, yeah, it's been, it's a little high for Bart's range to sing. And so he's like, guys, we, we got to learn some new key because I can't take it out of the set, but I can't sing it every night because I'm going to die. So, yeah, we, we, it, it's been really exciting to, to watch that song connect with people. And, and it was unexpected for sure. So, Mike, 30 years, almost 30 years of ministry as part of Mercy Me. If you had one moment yeah, uh, one. that was the greatest kind of memory, like a uh, God moment for you personally over those 30 years, what would it be? <laughs> I don't know if I could pick one. I really don't like um, uh, USO tour with the military doing that, being with, with uh, our troops was humbling and amazing. Uh, being a part of some Billy Graham crusades before he passed away, actually being a part of his, his final crusade in, uh, in New York. Um, I mean, gosh, talk about just like uh, a moment to step back and look at what God's done in your life. That was a huge one. Um, playing on Jay Leno, honestly, like we played a Christmas song on Jay Leno. And I'm, it was rocking around the Christmas tree, nothing to do with Jesus, like none of that. But like, like when you're there, you're set up on the stage, you're kind of behind this curtain and you hear Jay like announce you. And then this curtain goes up and there's not that many people in the room, like, you know, maybe 500 people in the room and these cameras. And as it comes up, you realize, oh my gosh, like I've been on the other side of those cameras watching this from TV, literally like, how does this happen? Like, don't ever think God can't do anything. I grew up, my dad owned a lawnmower shop. Like, I'm just like this hack from Central Florida playing guitar with my buddies. And all of a sudden, I'm here in this place doing this. Right now, I would say the biggest, coolest thing that's happening is on this tour, Bart, Nathan, and I's oldest boys are actually out on tour working. Sam's working for the uh, child sponsorship group we're with, um, helping uh, you know get kids in poverty around the world sponsored. Nathan's son, William, is doing video work. It's like all of our social media video updates at the end of the weekend or whatever. He's filming and editing all those. They look amazing. Um, and then my son is our tour production assistant. Like He's helping make sure the, like the, the, there's towels in the dressing rooms and ice on the buses or whatever. And like stepping back and, and like that's such a marker of like, We've been able to do this this long that now our, you know, borderline adult kid or actually adult kids are doing this with us. Like it's it's been really like a really cool thing, a really cool thing to, to see. Like another marker. It's like, gosh, God's doing something else that we didn't expect. We never expected to be around this long. Never expected to now employ our children. <laughs> So, Mike, again, almost 30 years of ministry as part of Mercy Me. We talked about on your latest album, Always Only Jesus, what was the one song that's kind of getting the most kind of traction play? How about yeah. historically? Is there a song that's like, oh, no, this hands down, this oh, is a gosh, song? Oh, gosh, come on. They made a movie, man. Come on. You know the answer. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, still to this day. And we even do like a, a more updated version of it that was kind of from the trailer reel of the movie. That's just like a less introspective, more joyous version of the song. And nobody gives us flack about not playing the piano version of it. So that's kind of cool. That's a hard one to get away from. For me personally, it's probably the song God With Us from All That Is Within Me, I think was the record. It was an, uh, it was an attempt for us to write a worship song, corporate worship song for the church. And it worked. I remember the first time we played it, we didn't even have a second verse written. We just sang the first verse again. And we were at like a state fair somewhere in the middle of nowhere. 
I remember the crowd singing. We didn't have words on the screen or anything, and the crowd was singing along the second time they ever heard the chorus. And I was like, whoa, how did that happen? So uh, that song will always be one of my favorites personally. But yeah, I mean, imagine we'll never... We'll never get away from that, nor would we ever want. Well, Mike, it has been so good to be able to have you back on the Morning Conversation today. Thanks so much for taking the time while you're on the road to spend the morning with us. We really appreciate it. The MyBridge family is really looking forward to seeing you guys on Sunday night.